0: Today's episode of Growing Pains with David Campbell on the Unsettled Media Podcast Network is brought to you by the It's the Economy Stupid blog. That's David's blog. It's a blog about economic development
1: in Atlantic Canada. Let's get to the show.
0: Welcome listeners to another edition of Growing Pains, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to economic development in Atlantic Canada. Today is November 18, 2020, and Megan Seagrave and Brennan Moral-Sisk from BioNB are here to talk about the potential of the bioeconomy as an economic driver in the years ahead. I'm a big fan of organizations such as BioNB. These are intermediary organizations that sit at the center of an ecosystem of firms, research organizations, post-secondary education and government, and work to coordinate efforts to foster growth. In my opinion, coordination and alignment are critically important if we want to maximize the economic potential of industries and economic opportunities. Today we talk about the economic potential of the cannabis sector in New Brunswick, particularly related to value added opportunities and alignment with other sectors such as farming and aquaculture. For example, we hear about the potential to use the cannabis plant to develop high quality feed uh, for fish farming in the Bay of Funday and elsewhere in New Brunswick. More broadly, Megan and Brennan will help us understand the bioeconomy and what we need to do to maximize its potential. I hope you enjoy our conversation. As always, we appreciate your feedback and ideas for future shows. Thank you so much for listening.
2: Unsettled.
0: Okay, folks, so welcome. Um, today, we're very pleased to have Megan Seagrave, the Executive Director at BioNB, and Brandon Moralsis, the New Brunswick Cannabis Coordinator with us to talk about the potential of the bioeconomy. We'll we'll talk a little bit about cannabis as an example, but the broader discussion is how we use the bioeconomy as an economic development driver for New Brunswick. So very excited to have this conversation. Good
2: morning. Good morning. Good morning.
0: So why don't we start with you two giving the listeners a little bit of your background. I think it's always helpful to set the tone for the conversation to understand who we're talking to. So why don't we start Megan with you? Give us a little 90 second sketch of where you came from and then, and then Brennan.
1: Born and bred New Brunswicker um, who left uh, New Brunswick to live out in BC, Vancouver primarily. I have a graduate degree in, in chemistry. So I'm a food chemist by trade and spent well over a decade in early stage startup companies, uh, now I work uh, in the bioeconomy within New Brunswick, where we essentially help to build economic prosperity through technology adoption um, and innovation related to our resource assets uh, here in New Brunswick.
0: Okay, Brenna, what's your background?
2: Well, uh, born and bred New Brunswick as well. Born in Bathurst up, uh, on the North Shore, um, I've I've held uh, different types of positions in in my career. Uh, waste energy. Um, biotechnology and, and currently I'm uh, at the University of New Brunswick seconded to a, a, a project which is the New Brunswick Cannabis Coordinator and uh, in that role uh, the idea is to, to, to help the stakeholders which is broadly uh, industry, academia and uh, government uh, to, to sort of align with each other. Um, we all have the same goals uh, but sometimes there's there's a misalignment in how we get there and miscommunication on how we get there. So my role is to try and facilitate um, those discussions, be a resource for each of the stakeholders and, um, and, and help move the cannabis sector forward so that we create something that can be industry driven, but academically and government supported. Um, and I have to tell you, it's been a real picnic during the pandemic.
0: Yes, yeah, it's been a, pe- a picnic for lots of folks. Um, I have to say, right out of the gate, I'm very uh, impressed by organizations such as BioNB. Now, I don't know everything that you do, but in general, this idea of an organization that's come together, different stakeholders, you know, private sector and public sector, to try and develop a sector of the economy where there's potential, particularly in small jurisdictions like New Brunswick. I think the role of these intermediary organizations is very important and i'd actually wish we had a bio and b for many sectors and we do we have you know cyber the cyber security now we have a little initiative around that and some of the other sectors we have some capacity but i would argue very few of them have the capacity of bio and and i think that's really uh, an important asset right because either we leave it completely to government or we leave it completely to private sector but I love the idea of having these intermediate organizations, so, so um, uh, kudos and uh, maybe we should start, Megan, by you telling us a little bit about BioNB, since I teased the listeners, so yeah. how many staff, what do you do on a daily basis as an organization, what are you working on generally before we start talking about cannabis?
1: So BioMB is, um, is, we you know, our tagline is the Trusted Bioscience uh, Authority for the province of New Brunswick. We have a significant national presence. We link ourselves with uh, similar organizations across the country. Um, we, we're we essentially a, a mix of scientists, um, business individuals, um owners of early-stage and, and medium-stage companies. Um, we try to be the link between academia, industry, um, and and government, um, but we're a standalone so that we can help by influencing policy um, and regulatory without getting in the way, um, you know, measured in terms of uh, Support ensuring that uh, industry is supported with their needs but also government has an understanding um, because they don't typically have those uh, expertise uh, on the inside of those uh, of those line departments um, and we try and link it all together for them. Uh, we range in staff um, over the last bioB has been around for 20 24 years now um, so we've pretty we've got a, a pretty good legacy in this province and we've got a pretty good legacy nationally. Uh, And in that span, um, we've only had three executive directors over that period of time. Um, In terms of employment, um, it depends on the projects that we take on and the the scope of those projects. So we could have anywhere from five folks on staff to to a dozen plus contractors um, who are part of that staff for any period of time.
0: Super. So a small... For a small province, that's quite a bit of capacity. So we do appreciate that. So let's talk about cannabis. Um, so I guess the original idea here was to bring recreational cannabis use into above the table, make it legal, mm-hmm. you know, regulate it, and make sure it's it's contributing taxes and and playing part of the economy. So there was broad public support to do that. So we did that. Um, I think the latest data from Stats Canada would suggest, you know, it didn't lead to this explosion of increased recreational use. Um, the, the share of the population is roughly the same now as it was before. It's, you know, there's still some tension between the private producers and the you know, cannabis in uh, uh, the distri- distribution. So I guess the question for you is where are we now with with cannabis in New Brunswick? We have, maybe you could tell us a little bit about the production side. We have a number of firms on, on the production side. We have RPC doing research. So maybe if you could give us a thumbnail sketch of the economic side of cannabis in New Brunswick these days.
1: So uh, can, can, the opportunity in cannabis in New Brunswick is um, is also pretty broad. Um, we've got large producers like the Xenobuses, um, the um, Organograms, and here in our backyard in Fredericton um, okay. Canopy. Um, but we've also got a number of micro producers. So the, the small smaller players who are doing smaller indoor production, there's a couple in St. Stephen, um, there's a few up north, uh, there's a few in Moncton. Um, the, other, the other thing that the cannabis uh, legalization has done is it's actually revitalized uh, an agricultural component as well. So not just on the hemp side, but outdoor growing of cannabis. and of itself and we've got more and more of those larger players that are starting to produce um, THC based cannabis in outdoor fields and then the hemp side um, is is almost a complete sector unto itself. Um, In terms of uh, what what things are looking like in our backyard you know, I think COVID has has demonstrated that um, cannabis cannabis is here to stay. Sales remain strong, and they have remained strong throughout COVID. Um, there is a rationalization that's happening within the industry, and it's been happening for eight nine months now, probably since uh, early in the new year. I think that's going to continue to happen. Um, the big fight for cannabis companies, whether they are small, medium or large, has been, um, you know, playing by the rules. Anyone playing by the rules is going to be hard-pressed to um, be able to compete on price against all the illicit material on the market. doesn't mean that um, we won't overcome, but I think what that's actually going to do is drive more innovation and more technology into this sector and making it far more competitive. So. Yeah. yeah,
0: so it's interesting, the the parallel with say moonshine, right? I mean, there was production of moonshine and I think very little production of moonshine these days. Uh, so is it your anticipation that eventually this will work itself out and 98% of cannabis will be sold through formal channels? Or do you think there's going to continue to be, because they did set it up so that you could grow Mm -hmm. your own plants and there could be this kind of, you know,
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, the short answer is yes. Uh, the the question is, how long is it going to take to get to uh, where we are today? So, for example, in New Brunswick, you know, uh, I think it was last year that I could go to Sobeys and buy a bottle of Alpine, but it took you know a few decades for that to evolve to, in in New Brunswick. And 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 the trick is is to to grab examples from other similar sectors like the craft brewer um, or the craft the brewing industry and the, the, uh, the wine industry and say, okay, well, what is similar and what do we need to compensate or to accommodate because legalization occurred to tackle, you know, public health and safety issues and the illicit market. Um, and then the third button issue was really, and, you know, the economy but without a vibrant economy and a flexibility to develop. Now, no one's saying is we can't develop the economy without paying attention to those first two, but if you don't have a vibrant number three, you don't have a vibrant number one and number two. Um, so the question is, um, how can we provide the the mechanisms for feedback to the federal regulators and the provincial regulators, but frankly, to, to accelerate these uh, these policy changes that are that are required. and it's a discussion it it, it needs to be a hand in hand discussion of it ve- very back and forth because behind we all know how it works. I mean, behind closed doors, there's there's pressures and, and reasons why decisions have been made. and so that nobody from the outside understands those pressures and and why those decisions have been made. so, um, a clearer understanding of how we got here and, and collectively where we need to go next, um, I think is, is, um, is going to be key. If I could segue a little bit, um, I actually think from an economic perspective, the recreational market is the least interesting of all the, all the possibilities in cannabis in terms of economics. When you look at the characteristics of this plant, every part of that plant it has value add opportunities, from the flower to the grain to the to the fibers, and and this is not this is not a secret. This is this has been well known. There's been a what I would consider a 90 year dark age, okay, uh, to to the development of the cannabis plant. And it will be really interesting if we brought to bear 21st century technology to that plant. We're already starting to see it. There's, um, you know, products coming out called hempwood. There's textiles that have been around for a while. The grain is into the food market. This is all great stuff. But when you look at the, how much further we can go in terms of uh, polymers that can be extracted, and and um, there's. I could go on and on but there's a lot of examples of how hemp and and cannabis in general uh, can stimulate other markets because when you look at the one plant it fits into the ocean cluster through aquaculture like we were discussing the protein cluster and also advanced manufacturing
0: okay so i want to come back and, and ask a little bit about that but before we do can you tell us what the difference is between cannabis and hemp it's not clear Uh, to me what the difference is i
2: I will be very clear to you there's no difference it is the same plant it's 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 the 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 difference is the characteristics in the flowers uh hemp by definition has less than 0.3 thc and this is this is the characteristic of that strain uh and, and and any strain that has that characteristic is is typically um uh it's typically called hemp. You have, uh, you know, ten, twelve foot tall uh, hemp plants, or you have if it's if it's been bred for seed, it's uh, three or four feet tall. So there's, but 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 we need to be clear. It's the same plant. There's no there's no A and B. It's the same plant with different characteristics.
1: We so we look at, uh, at at hemp as being without THC. And the cultivars that were bred for him were bred for all of those ancillary industries. They weren't bred to smoke those plants, and and those seeds were bred for fiber, um, for cloth, for protein, um, you know, a, a everything down the line. And, and now um, those cultivars are being bred for CBD with no THC. Um, I, yeah.
2: So I don't know if we have to back up for 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 your listeners, but the 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 THC, when we refer to THC, that is the um, that is the bioactive that ha- gives the euphoric sensation, uh, and CBD is 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 um, the opposite of of THC. So,
1: but they're both cannabinoids. But they're
2: both bioactives. They're both canna- what what we call cannabinoids, and they both the human body has receptors through the endocannabinoid system that. That responds to those bioactives.
0: Yeah, I think most people know the difference. Uh, maybe not, but it's uh, I appreciate you clarifying that. But so maybe we should start with the farming potential. Then, so what what is happening right now? First of all, is it mostly done in greenhouses, or can you? And I think you indicated earlier it can be done in an open air setting. So, what is, are we seeing? The farming starting to take off in the province? Is it very very small scale right now, or actually, or are, are we actually seeing farmers making money? Uh, producing cannabis or hemp
1: um, hemp has been grown outdoors almost exclusively for the last hundred plus mm-hmm. years yeah. um, cannabis from a THC perspective has been grown indoors in a more controlled environment because you can have well it's a controlled environment you can have more control over those plants and you can influence those plants based on light settings and based on temperature settings And you can induce certain activity within that plant to produce the type of cannabinoid that you're looking for. So uh, we've been growing hemp outdoors uh, in Canada and in this province um, for hundreds of years. I mean, the the War of 1812 is a prime example. Uh, We were growing uh, hemp within New Brunswick, Nova Scotia and Southern Ontario for rope and sailcloth for that war. And those were cultivars that came over um, from Western and Eastern Europe. Um, particularly for that board, What we're seeing more of now is um, we're seeing more THC-based cannabis being grown outdoors because the economics makes sense to do it. In Canada, we don't have a large, or we don't have a very long growing season per se, a um, little bit longer out west than it is here in Atlantic Canada. But if you think about the... the energy consumption, the water consumption required to grow these plants in an indoor controlled environment and the volume you can get versus what you can do outdoors on an acre of land, a singular acre of land. It's, it's easily, um, you know, a five turnover production rate of something you could do in an indoor greenhouse on one single acre of land in a four month period over the summer. So, Um, we're going to see more and more outdoor cannabis being grown uh, and we will see more and more hemp being grown probably for the ancillary properties um, as well as the CBD, but definitely for a protein source and largely for fiber as well.
0: So is this going to become a serious farm crop? So if we look out 10 years or 15 years, do you think it will be, more than just a nominal crop in terms of the New Brunswick mix of crops that are grown here in the province?
2: So yes. And and the the timing of, of of that, how it lays out is is if we started today to intentionally make the bed for that to happen, you know, five, six years. If we do nothing and and um, it, it's the horse is out of the gate and um and i think it is an area that is whether in the u.s or other countries that come online they will be they will be producing um they will be producing cannabis and hemp and uh so it could entirely be a staple in the new brunswick economy and and be a gdp bumper the
1: the agricultural side of this um from a New Brunswick perspective, is is largely going to be in a rotational crop um, side of things because we do have we've got other staple agricultural crops within this region. Um, out west, um, they're still growing section scale. They will be producing hemp on section scale and they'll be harvesting it that way. When they do that, um, you know, they're for the most part they're destroying the plant because the technologies around properly harvesting this plant have, have not been developed. The last time we were growing this uh, in Canada was in the mid 1800s. So there lies all of the opportunity around technology and innovation, um, agri tech, um, you name it, uh, machine learning, um, and and maybe we look at that as another opportunity for New Brunswick. We can do things on a small scale, and we can be the we can be the trial center.
2: For I this. mean, and 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 that thought is not. I mean, it's not a new. It's not a new concept. When you look at um, the biotech industry, uh, you get to a certain size. Like pharma is an even better example. You get to a certain size where all your your activities is marketing and sales, distribution. You rely on on smaller on SMEs, biotech SMEs to to be your R and D and and uh, a product development branch, and and you use your leverage to pump those those technologies out. New Brunswick, in a sense, that's the opportunity for this industry—the research, develop, pilot—and we look to the west. If we stick to Canada, we look to the west, our, our Western friends, to scale. Um, right now, they can't think beyond combining. Um, whereas, if you're if you're harvesting outdoor um, with uh, this example, hemp for for cannabinoids, it's a bit of an art. Um, you know, you you, you te- There needs to be technology that simply does a pass that cuts the flowers off, um, and the same the same could be true uh, on the on the outdoor cannabis side. So there there's lots of opportunity, and that's just on the on the farming harvesting technology side, and, and uh, when you talk about agri agri tech there's an area, a smart tractor, to 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 automatically do that. See where the flower is, drop your blades, cut, and go. Um, so that's just one example. The value-add of the fiber, the value-add of the, 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 the bioactives, value add of the value-add of the seeds, that's all things that New Brunswick can look at. When you look at the, the technology readiness level scale, I like the European, but So if you, we have academic institutions and um, and organizations like RPC that can take that from one to six on that scale. So you're taking it from from fundamental, moving to applied and the colleges as well. Uh, There's RPC, but uh, there's there's also the colleges that provide a very strong um, applied research. So New Brunswick, If you look at the technology readiness scale, vis-a-vis the the cannabis sector, we're pretty. Our assets are pretty. uh, uh, Are are pretty much there to go from that technology level one to um, uh, develop the technology so that it can be vertically integrated into a company, commercialization ready.
0: Um, But I I guess the question, though, and this is an economic development podcast, so I'm going to push push you a little bit here is. Allison McCain told me one time you can locate your manufacturing plants next to the raw material so let's say potatoes and then ship the value-added product to your markets say Toronto or you can locate next to your big markets and bring the raw material to you and produce it say in Brampton and, and so on so uh, that's this is where I'm going with that if you have Xenobis and you have a granogram you have a huge manufacturing capability here but you're not but you're bringing in the actual plants or the raw material from Western Canada, in the long run, why don't you just actually manufacture the product in Western Canada? So how do we secure in the long run a manufacturing sector here unless we have the product being farmed here in, in, at scale? So I don't know if you have an answer to that question, if, you, if, that, if there is an answer at this point, but that would be my fear in the long run, is, is if you're not producing the raw material here at scale, if it's cheaper to do it in Alberta or Saskatchewan, then why do the manufacturing here uh, in well, the province?
2: So, so yeah, to, to me, you have to start somewhere. Um, what are you manufacturing and how are you value adding? Uh, if you look at, 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 uh, at McCain's as an example, RPC played a pretty significant role in the, in the development of technology. And, and so, we're talking about the same thing, the same the same model, research develop, pilot, and export. We're not going to take over the world with anything we manufacture, but we sure as hell can take a part of the market share. And if we're smart about it, we, we, we intentionally move our operations and this is um, something that uh, you know McCain, McCain's uh, uh, have done and, and, and Irving have done. And you know, today it's cannabis tomorrow it can be something else we need to constantly think about what the next thing is while we're developing um, while we're developing these sectors and um, uh, you know not throw the baby out with bath uh, bath water so I yeah
1: we can be the technology hub for cannabis um, we don't have to be the largest growers in this country we don't have to be the largest farmers in this country um, and we've proven that with a, a, a ton of of technologies from a, a, a resource-based sector. We can, we can invent them here, we can validate them here, and we can start to scale them here. Um, the other things that we have going for us, which make us a, a, a great starting point, we don't have to be the biggest and the best, um, but we've got the lowest cost of land in this country, bar none, um, in this province. We beat out every other province and territory, um, and that's arable land. And we also have the, we've got um, access to the European market, and we've got those relationships with the European market. So let's use that to our advantage. Uh, or maybe we become the springboard for adoption and validation of technologies in the cannabis market that, you know, start in Europe. And then we push that knowledge based and that innovation um, into the eastern seaboard. We don't have to be the, the biggest and the best of everything and anything. We need to figure out what what it is that we can actually build and do here.
2: Yeah. And, and I think that um, it, this is the same in anything that, that, uh, that we do. We're, we're, you know, we're the population of a, of a city with, with the resources of a small country. I mean, when you look at the, at the Netherlands, we're just over or just under twice the size. The Netherlands are, are, you know, 17 million people. And, and, um, you know they're, they're, uh, uh, they they provide uh, the second most amount of produce, second S- to California, 60, maybe sixty
1: percent of the produce um, consumed in the EU comes out of the Netherlands greenhouses. So yeah. and that's fresh produce, right? When you think yeah. about that um, for the size of a country that is half the size okay. of New Brunswick. And, and, you know, maybe we, we tend to throw a lot of Dutch examples around because there's, a, there's been a significant interest since the 70s from the Dutch in eastern Canada, New Brunswick in particular. Um, we did a lot of recruitment to get Dutch farmers here around our dairy sector. Um, I think we need to do more recruitment to get more Dutch farmers here. To help us exploit the opportunities and to bring technologies um, in to innovate, because we we can be that springboard into the rest of Canada and into the eastern U.S.
0: So I I love the vision I really do I just I just I just want to get some clarity for the listeners around how that actually happens because you know we have had a lot of promise around aerospace and we really haven't turned that into much of a cluster you know we had. For a while, twenty years ago, we were supposed to be an e-learning hub. You know, we we had a dozen companies in e-learning, and now I think there's two or three. Um, you know, we were supposed to value add the back office cluster and have all these SMEs developing technology for call centers, and we have some, right? We have several firms that have done that. So, I guess the question would be, where's the capacity sit? To actually come up with these ideas that you, and you've you've mentioned a bunch even this morning, uh, validate test those ideas, validate those ideas. Where are the entrepreneurs coming from? Where's the investment coming from? Uh, you know, is that an O and B issue or is that a bio bio and issue? Is that like how how are we going to animate these opportunities yeah. so that when we have this conversation in five years, you'll be able to tell me there's twenty small firms, you know, working on all of these different, really cool, uh, opportunities.
2: So I just wanted to note that all of those examples, um, are ancillary to the bioeconomy, right? None of the examples you didn't mention what what happened to agriculture, 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 forestry. I don't know. No, 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 we've got,
0: we've got lots of good examples. I was just picking a few where we didn't get the kind of, um, leveraged cluster development that uh, well, that we would have liked?
2: Well, arguably, I think it's be, now I'm just speaking from my gut to be clear to everybody's listeners, but I mean, I think there might be a trend there. Are we, are we moving too far away from, from what we know? Um, we are a naturally resource-based economy and there is untapped potential in that same economy. It's taking things a step further, developing things. Um, and we have the assets to get that done. And I mean, there does need to be, you know, there does need to be this, um, you know, it is a bit of chicken or the egg because it's clear that what we're talking about does need to be, to have intentional stimulus. Over a longer period of time, to make sure that these things are aligned uh, appropriately, and we start to see, we start to see some successes. Um, you know, we'll we'll plant a seed. few years goes by. Well, that didn't work. And you know, <laughs> was it because you know we didn't allot enough time? It almost seems like we always tend to you know, try to cut slices out of the same pie instead of saying, well, is is there ingredients to make a, a new whole new pie? And, um, so, uh, so, so yes, there does need to be stimulus. And it, I think it does need to come in part from, from, from government and, uh, and, and, and then it's up to, it's up to these groups to organize themselves to deliver Uh, on on the opportunity
0: so where where are the ideas coming from megan are they small startups are they university professors doing related research is it big firms like organogram and xenobis that are doing are dedicating a certain percentage of their sales to research like who's actually where are those ideas going to come from where are those startups going to come from is it the dutch are they going to invest in new brunswick do you have any thoughts on that for us
1: the, I think the ideas are, are coming from a multitude of sources and the opportunities um, are going to be realized from a multitude of those sources as well. Um, you know, back, back to what Brennan said, we're, we're slicing up our pie. And then, if, you know, you mentioned a few things in terms of we, you called them sectors, aerospace and and defense and, um, and, you know, the knowledge sector. Well, we, we've got a, a bit of a, a mantra at B about taking down silos. Um, the bioeconomy is not a sector. Um, the bioeconomy is is technology and innovation and advancements. Um, um, if we could actually, if we could demonstrate to the rest of this province that we don't need to be focusing on sectors, we need to be fo- focusing on what our assets are, and then how do we innovate uh, and exploit and create foundational technologies for those sectors that we then export. Um, and it's it, it will be exporting of goods. It'll be exporting of manufactured goods. It will be exporting of knowledge. Um, we're never going to get past that if we continue down this path of, of slicing that pie up thinner and thinner and thinner.
2: And, and I guess I'll just add to that too. Like it, with that structure that that Megan is talking about, the uh, part of the discussion is what policies and regulations and and levels of stimulus is an appropriate amount over time to achieve the objective. And, and so it's okay to set a priority, but if you're, if you set a priority and put it into the same hopper with everything else without accommodating for maybe there's regulations that, that are, that are different in this particular sector or that they, the level of, um, of, of, Stimulus and funding required uh, is is different. Like I'll, I'll go, I'm going to go back slightly to my my biotech days. But when we were in development, one of the things that happened is that the shred program um, decided that they weren't going to consider capital costs as an eligible cost. Can you imagine the impact on a company, a small? company, uh, that, uh, has spent millions of dollars in capital costs and that's gone. You're not getting it back. So, so there's, there's things like that. And then, you know, that, that, that factor into things as to why, um, uh, why things don't progress as well as they do. And, and, uh, there's no collective postmortem, I, I would say, um, to, to, to sort of have a look at that. And, um, uh, yeah, so I, I, I think there's a lot to consider, uh, you know. it's Pretty not hard to. Thing. And I think hard ideas, to. my final point, sorry, sorry, Dave. My final point is there's a lot of ideas coming from entrepreneurs, a lot of ideas. But it's like, you know, Eric, Eric Cook, ideas is one thing, but we need to innovate. We need to convert those ideas into into something that's valuable. And, uh, and, and and some of the mechanisms that we've been talking about that may or, you know, may or may not be appropriate to make that happen, um, needs to be there, uh, because I, I guarantee you entrepreneurs will step up to the plate if the bed's made and the opportunities to, to develop something is there.
0: So my, my old friend Dino Kubik told me one time that there was quite a bit of, uh, similarities between potato research and cannabis research. Yes. Is is the federal government investing in cannabis slash hemp related research in New Brunswick? Are their assets focused on cannabis now, or are they doing that work anywhere in Canada?
1: So if you go back to um, why we headed down this federally, why we headed down this path, it was around um, human health and safety. Um, Let's regulate cannabis um, to protect our youth, to protect our citizens. Uh, None of it really had anything to do with R&D, which is why all of the regulatory and all the policy resides under Health Canada, and none of it actually resides under agriculture. None of it. Um, It wasn't until a year and a half after um, legalization happened did any of our agriculture, our federal agriculture institutes, um, even get the nod to be allowed to work with cannabis um, cultivars, whether it was hemp or whether it was actually cannabis. So, until we kind of get past ourselves, um, and, and you know, back to the same point, um, Brendan talks about let's make the bed for the entrepreneur. Um, federally and provincially, we should be far more nimble uh, around our policies and our regulatory until we get all of this stuff sorted out. Um, so let's allow innovation. Let's encourage entrepreneurs um, in the cannabis sector, in hemp, um, in our technology and innovation. And if, if any group should be able to do that with um, a level of, um, I guess, a, a lower level of regulatory, we should be able to do that here in New Brunswick. We don't have a provincial government that's going to be handing out dollars. It's, it's not going to happen. So what can they do? um as as you know premier Higgs has said multiple times get out of the way get out of the way by having flexible policy and regulatory let's push our intergovernmental affairs groups um let's push opportunities new brunswick let's um let's push our regulatory within daf and dnr get out of the way yeah i think I mean, part of the
0: part of the problem is that that a lot of people still see this as the rec- recreational side, whereas, as Brandon said earlier, that may be a ton of opportunity in yeah. medicinal or or other industrial uses or any other kinds of uses. And if if uh, we shouldn't be focused on research as a way to improve the retail product, although I guess there's you know that's part of it. But um, you know if we're going to be using this this plant for something far more value in the broader a broader set of value-added products I think that's something that we should jump on and and, and see if we can do it so yeah. um, so how do we how do how do I then conclude that section is the government coming alongside slowly federal and provincial
2: so or? so if I if I could um, I yes indirectly um, because because the, the provincial government's coming along and but but it's in the in the um, name of food security. Um, Well, uh, cannabis is both an agricultural crop, but it's also a horticultural crop as well. So if you're talking about greenhouse and indoor, the same technologies required to grow indoor indoor, indoor, uh, cannabis to lettuce or other medicinal plants. Why do we need, you know, let's look at lettuce for sure, but what about other medicinal plants with higher margin bioactives, like so, so there, that is actually um, my my a big interest of, of mine is that link between between food security and how we produce uh, how we're going to produce because it's going to lead to infrastructure that that becomes available for innovation in 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 cannabis um, you know because we'll have the facilities. Um, so you know i think it's it's um uh, it's really interesting and and i think uh, on food security just for a second we need to um we need to think of local markets because there's a lot of talk of local markets and and self self sufficiency in, in in some of these areas local markets being right down to new york um because the Bostonians um um consider Produce and, and products from New Brunswick is local. Anything you can pick fresh and truck 12 hours and have in the market, and to them, that's local. So it's a real opportunity. Um, yeah. So I guess I'll let you guys know.
0: So why don't we? Because I take your point earlier about economic development in general, aquaculture became an important sector because we had core strengths right we had the the physical yeah. strengths of bay of fundy yeah. but we also had experience in farm uh, fishing and so on so why don't you 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 before we came on air you talked a little bit about p- potential alignment between yeah. cannabis and aquaculture why don't you tell us a little bit about that opportunity do
2: you want to start or do you
1: sure so um we uh we, we do a lot of research in this province around aquaculture. Um, we've got one of the world's largest aquaculture companies in our backyard. There are smaller aquaculture companies um, around Atlantic Canada. We have the Ocean Supercluster, as much as it, it may be you know based out of um, based out of Nova Scotia. It is a regional-based supercluster, and it is focused around um, innovation and technology. Um, cannabis uh, has opened up, Uh, a a plethora of opportunities around fish feed and animal husbandry Um, we as brennan had mentioned earlier we as humans have endocannabinoid systems we know that fish have endocannabinoid systems too that is well researched validated proven Um, there's no disputing that Um, if cannabinoids impact um, our human system um, you know, we can make uh, assumptions and develop hypotheses that they will do the same within fish. Uh, we have a, an understanding that CBD acts as an anti-anxiety for um, humans. We believe it will be that way for fish and frankly for poultry um, as well. And we've got a, a significant poultry sector within Atlantic Canada and we do a lot of poultry research here too. And then there's the value add associated with those um, cannabis plants like the seed. Um, high in omega fatty acids and significantly high in protein. So as this industry grows and starts to expand um, from an outdoor operation, potentially even an indoor operation, um, we can move to doing R&D around um, making these ingredients available within aquaculture feed to reduce the cost um, and increase the outcomes which will have a significant downstream impact on the quality and, and the economy around that industry.
2: Yeah, so and, and when it comes to that, it, it depends on are we interested in solving problems or not? Because um, if you look at it from a practical perspective and, and um, just the nature of the grain in this example, you know thirty percent of the the grain or the seed is is fatty acids. So it's abundant. When you consider that the aquaculture sector has an issue with with um, sources of fatty acids to feed the fish, right now it comes from it comes from fish waste and 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 uh, increasingly, Coming from um, algae grown in, in in bioreactors, so they're trying to move away from from uh, from their current sources, which is which is uh, fish waste. So if you look at it just on paper and forget the regulatory hoops that you have to consider to get to get that um, uh, fatty acid source from the grain into the feed, because there, there's there's procedures that you have to go through. And, you know, fair enough, it is onerous, but calculating the, the upside of it, I think is worth, is worth exploring because it's a scalable source of, of, uh, of, of, of a fatty acid. And when you consider you back up and you consider the source that that, uh, fatty acid is coming from, which is the cannabis plant, you have other value adds coming from that same plant so the economics of it from that one plant part of it goes to the aquaculture sector it's got the other fraction high fraction is uh protein the other the other the other portion goes to the 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 protein sector uh the flour lots of bioactives terpenes products that can be extracted from it and you have of course the fiber so so to you know it's and New Brunswick is kind of unique, when, Because we have companies in the aquaculture sector that are doing research. Now, should they automatically hear about this opportunity and chase it? No, I think that there's the 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 bed needs to be made for them to 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 lower their risk. And I think you know we need to take it upon ourselves to say, okay, how can we this? How can we align ourselves? This is potentially a really high impact on this industry. And how can we align ourselves to get that technology readiness level up the chain? Well, you know,
0: that's, a, that's a classic role for government, right? They, they right. get involved at the earliest stage of R&D, the most experimental stage. And then when it gets to a point where it starts to look commercializable, then you get firms, potentially right. the core um the, the seed company
2: there in Fredericton. There's uh, Corey. The, there's Dredding. Yeah. There's Cook. There's all, right. all of these. Um, I mean, we're we're lucky to have those companies here.
1: And, and we're in yeah. a unique situation in this province where we we grow hemp in this province. We grow cannabis in this province. We have, one, you know, some of the world's largest aquaculture players, both on the feed side and on the production side, and then on the processing side, and we are one of the if you if you do that nice venn diagram and you say where can you where can you legally grow this stuff where is their research happening and where do you have a cluster of companies new brunswick globally you can do this this venn diagram globally and what's the big connector in the middle it's the province of new brunswick nowhere else in this nowhere else in the world the agriculture industry has basically been banned from the west coast um, it is not legal to be growing these cultivars. It's not legal to be growing cannabis in South America, northern Spain, Chile, um, you, you name it. Um, so we, we're kind of ripe for the picking. And if, you know, government were, were able to support from a policy and a regulatory perspective and some funding on some early stage R&D, I, I just think it's a, a phenomenal opportunity that we will we will miss if we don't jump on it.
2: Yeah. And, and so the caveat to that is for now, I mean, market has problems. They're going to move to solve it, whether you're in it or not. And, you know, we need to choose what, you know, are we in it or not? And um, but I think, you know, that's one example of 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 a connected dot opportunity. And who knows what happens ancillary to that mm-hmm. afterwards? all kinds of positive things
0: yeah but I think from from an economic development perspective timing is very important right it is. you think about you know when we started with the call centers that was great as 1 800 numbers were starting to take root yeah. so it's a pedestrian example but it's a you know it, it did show that timing was incredibly important and then if you think about what they're trying to do with small modular reactors mm-hmm. whether that we you know it's we're still trying to figure out if that's a real opportunity or not but at least they're Early in yes. right in terms of trying to figure it out early on, so I think you're right. Is 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 part of this is is the timing, and if we have the right regulatory environment, the right um, legislated environment, quite frankly. So if if they can't even do this in other areas, as, as you indicated, in some areas they can't. And then the the whole alignment with aquaculture sounds like we have the makings of a potential opportunity. We just need what's the catalytic process right, right. He's actually making that happen
2: right uh, and I, and, and, yeah. sorry but uh, to, i'm sorry David, to cut you off i, I just uh, yeah you, you're 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 hitting it on the head and and it's almost this is going to require a, a lot of people from different walks of life and stakeholders around the table looking at the challenges and talking about how they can contribute to um, get around that, those challenges, and you know, it's. I'm going to tongue-in-cheekly say it's too bad there's not some sort of New Brunswick Research and Innovation Council that could, you know, could could uh, um, uh, be organized and sit around the table and look at um, these types of opportunities, and and then you're sort of looking at it from a um, a risk benefit, and uh, you're you're calculating your investments and and measuring. Um, how things are going.
0: But isn't that partly a role, Megan, for BioNB to sort of drag den this or or find vehicles or or venues to try and facilitate or coordinate this without doing it yourself, but trying to find ways to make it happen?
1: So I think that, you know, back to a couple of of things that we had said early on, Um, you know, BioNB is is in an enviable um, position to have, you know, 20 plus years worth of experience under our belts doing this. Um, I I would say without hesitation that as an organization, we are the um, we're the best big picture thinkers out of all of our our counterparts and, and organizations within this province because we are able to see the linkages um, that may not otherwise um, I guess be, uh, be easily um, viewed, and we have been trying to take down those sector silos, you know, quote unquote um, sector silos within this province to demonstrate um, the the opportunity around um, technology and knowledge based industries and how that will impact across the board. Um, you know, we uh, Brennan had mentioned. Um, We've got facilities um, from the cannabis. It, yeah. it, with legalization, all of these great facilities were built out. Maybe they were overbuilt um, in a lot of cases. There was knowledge that was brought in from the outside. There was technology that was developed and brought in from the outside. Um, we can't allow that to stay within the silo of cannabis because it is hugely um, it's, and potentially impactful for forestry, for agriculture, for oceans. Uh, you name it: um, green tech, clean tech, green energy. All of this um, has massive potential impact if we're able to make the the linkages and the alignments. And if we can, if we can help our provincial government from a legislative perspective um, develop the appropriate policy and and create the regulatory environment. Although regulatory is mostly federal to make New Brunswick the place to do that innovation and, and to build that business. And, and we don't, we could be the R and D hub for for all of these companies. We don't have to be the
2: the head. Yeah. And, and I would argue um, that it doesn't have to be, you have hubs peppered along the, uh, you know, around the province and they're all, we're all coordinating this and, and, um, uh, uh, so you know bioNB is in is in that type of position, but it needs the wherewithal to, to execute on that and that means people and and there's no core funding uh, for for bioNB. It's operating on on an endowment from 24 years ago. and so, our, and so it so it operates by project as Megan had had mentioned uh, earlier so, so those types of projects, if we agree that uh, these early on explorations of opportunity and development, that would mean BioNB would would have the wherewithal to inject strategic funding into academic, uh, both fundamental applied, like to to universities and colleges to explore that uh, those opportunities, and it's calculated, but we need you know we it. It does need that. You're right. We are BioNB is well positioned to be a catalyst. Um, so, uh, <laughs> I'll get you. Uh, I'm glad you're on record.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I, no, I mean, I look. My business is economic development. It's not sectors. It's not yeah. specific. You know, opportunities. It's the general. How do you move an economy yeah. forward? And I do like intermediaries. I've said it before. I think, you know, a lot of times we vest government departments, whether it's ONB or ACOA, but they tend to default, not always, but they tend to default to like grant and loan type programs and offering and administering these programs. And that's fine. It might play a role in the ecosystem, but they're not as good at, at sort of how do you actually fundamentally try and nurture and, and foster growth in a in a sector yeah. or an opportunity because i agree Megan with you it's not it's not all about sectors per se so i think that's very helpful for the listeners um i just want to we only have about 5 minutes left so i did want to ask you a little bit about more generally the bioeconomy so Megan you described it a bit for us earlier but can you give us some examples of things that are going on that are not Cannabis-related, but that are bioeconomy examples that the listeners can get a get a frame or a better understanding of, of what we're talking about here. Is it Kaitazan? Is it what else is going on in the province that would fit in the definition of bioeconomy?
1: There, there is so much going on. Um, you know, when we we actually we do this mapping um, every couple of years because ACOA ACOA asks the same questions, the province asks the same questions. And as much as I am loathe to put it out there, um, because I would prefer to say the bioeconomy is not a sector. It is all about um, innovation and technology, platform technology. Mm -hmm. It's the economy. Um, And, you know, in our backyard, we have, um, we've got research institutes. We've got industry. uh, We've got New Brunswick. um, Largest number of engineers per capita in Canada. Um, Most of those engineers work within water tech um, or environmental in some way, shape, or form. Uh, Lumin Ultra, prime example of a company that has recently built the largest um, COVID reagent manufacturing facility in Canada in our backyard here in Fredericton and flies well below the radar. Um, But they started out as a water tech company, uh, microbial testing for industrial water bases. Uh, That is part of the bioeconomy. Anessa, um, I mean, they're about developing, they're they're an IT company in essence, because they mine and and come up with algorithms that help industry um, decide what technology they should be adopting to deal with a particular waste stream or to get the best value add out of a a secondary uh, product source so they might identify themselves as clean tech they might identify themselves as it they might identify themselves as bio you know back to just take down the silos and let's start looking at what we've got in our backyard and how we can how we can um, how we can work with it um, processing and, and manufacturing and advanced manufacturing. We've got McCain's JDI Irving um, Cook. Like th- those are the large players, but hundreds and hundreds of smaller. Yeah.
2: So w- when you when you look at the economy of of New Brunswick, you know that's why me is saying it's, it's not really the bioeconomy of New Brunswick, it's exactly. the economy of New Brunswick because, you know, maple syrup, blueberries, cranberries. Uh, potatoes, uh, any crop—that's all part of the bioton. Um, and and um, and what we're saying is that the the opportunity within those sectors is still untapped. There's still untapped opportunity. So that to listeners everywhere, <laughs> the bioeconomy is just about um, everything we do in New Brunswick.
0: Sure, but I, I you have to like pick opportunities and make investments right right, right? so so when I was in government a few years ago I actually did some research to see if there was any R&D going on around maple syrup in the province and so I just googled it I googled research you know New Brunswick or whatever uh, and it turned out there was actual research going on in New Brunswick but it was New Brunswick New Jersey
2: Right. Yeah. So
0: there was a there was a researcher down there that had been studying the you know the health properties or the medicinal properties of of maple syrup. So I guess the question would be. So I, I understand your point about it being sort of pervasive. It cuts across, but at some point somebody has to make a decision that says we're going to look at blueberries, yeah. try to find ways to value add them, assets. look at the pharmacy side of it, right, and yeah. the, the the maple syrup side of it you know, whatever, right? I mean, whatever, whatever you decide to do, lobster shells.
2: Yeah. um, The cool thing about, we'll say the bioeconomy is that like a a lot of it requires the same, the same assets, right? So much in like, I use the example of the, the infrastructure required to grow lettuce is this, or any other indoor, uh, say tomatoes is, is relatively the same for cannabis. OK, so there's a sweet spot of infrastructure available if we're talking about R&D that you throw the dart on the bullseye and you put your investments there to enable all of these other things like you're talking about. Maple syrup, blueberries. There's a there's a German company that has a, a health line and it's called the Health Berry. It's a supplement. You know what they're doing? They're extracting antioxidants from bilberries, which is a tartar berry. Than blueberries from from uh, Norway. When you consider the amount of blueberries that are available here in New Brunswick, and that potential market of health and nutrition, you know it begs the exploration of the phenols in the in the berries, the the antioxidants, uh, the value adds. Um, so, so there is to to your point. Like if we're talking specifically about R and D to enable things, there is there is a sweet spot of assets that we need to bring bear. Some of them are already here, um, but there's still there's still things that are are um, uh, left to be uh, left to be aligned. So. Go ahead.
1: We have a, an embarrassment of riches in this province in terms of our assets. Um, we have trees. We have fish. We have arable agricultural land um, where we grow very unique um, crops like blueberries, like wild blueberries, which don't grow everywhere. Uh, yeah. uh, we have maple syrup. We may not be the largest producer, but, but we, we yeah, have that too. Yeah. Uh, we're a significant potato producer. We're a significant salmon aquaculture producer. We've got well over a dozen research institutes that are dedicated to our resource-based industries. So, you want to do any research around blueberries, um, polyphenols, uh, medicinals, uh, fish, trees, uh, agriculture—you name it—you can do that here in New Brunswick. We don't um, we don't financially support them very well, and we do not, as a province, attract technology companies to come in. Um, to this province and say, hey, do you need someone to grow something for you? Are you looking at, um, I think your technology would work really well on on our blueberries. I think it would work really well on our forests. I think it would work really well on our fish. We don't do that. We go out looking for companies that want to establish here and then create jobs instead of saying, look at all of our assets, um, wave that flag, and say, come one, come all. Um, We are the best place for you to do any R&D and help validate those technologies for global markets.
2: So, And, and that goes to the, the the earlier point where we were talking about and, and what triggered that particular line of uh, conversation was your, your discussion with McCain um, that we're, we're all, we're both talking about the same thing. It's making sure that we, we can stick to our core and where we can remain competitive it's it's we're not going to take over the world we can we can attract industry here because of our assets our alignment our our, our ability to research develop pilot because we're the right size and and then uh, an export and uh, you know connecting to international uh, companies and and this is i'm not going to go in, you know we won't go into the details but The 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 project that we were were talking about in the last couple of weeks um, that uh, there's an opportunity to to do some aligning that we're talking about now.
0: Brennan, you shouldn't tease people like that, but we won't. uh, We'll save that opportunity for when it uh, when it comes. You'll have to have us on again. We'll have you on to talk specifically about that opportunity. So the final question this morning is: What are you? Optimistic or pessimistic about the future, the next ten years? Are you? What's your outlook for the bioeconomy and for it uh, increasing even more as an economic driver for the province moving forward?
1: Uh, I'm I'm optimistic. I wouldn't be living in this province otherwise. Um, I think that we, you know, from a bioeconomy perspective, again, I, I think we just need to talk about the economy, take down those silos. Uh, if we start looking at relying less heavily on on our you know GDP contributors like petroleum and diversifying and and innovating and developing technologies within our other asset based industries, resource asset based industries, I think that's where that's where the future is, and that's what we need to start looking at um, to to get everyone else as optimistic as we are.
0: Brennan, optimistic, cautiously optimistic, deeply pessimistic. Where are you on the Uh, outlook for the next ten years? I'm
2: actually, I I will one up Negan and say I'm really optimistic because I look at the potential. Um, Maybe, maybe where I waver is our ability to convert that potential. But I absolutely believe that we can and we will do it um, because there is an un Tapped potential in the, we'll call it the bioeconomy, but the economy in New Brunswick.
0: Well, that's great. So we'll be keeping a close eye on, on your efforts over the next few months, and yeah. we'll have you back to talk uh, in, in, at some point in the near future. It's not
2: my efforts, it's our efforts.
0: Super, okay, thanks folks.
2: Growing Pains with David Campbell
0: is produced by me, Matt George, is engineered by the great Zachary Peltier,
1: as part of the Unsettled Media Podcast Network.